sort of the rock star. Hey, it's Chris Delkin, and this is On the Line, the NBA Deep Dive podcast. Hope you're doing well. If you're new to the show, you can tweet at us at line underscore pod. Find us on Instagram. Send us any of your NBA thoughts, questions, whatever to onthelinepod at gmail.com. Check out previous episodes on our website, onthelinepodcast.com. You can check out uh, previous deep dives, check out old drafts that we've done over the course of the summer. All the old episodes are up there on the website. And last, if you could please rate, review, subscribe to the show and stitch your iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. We greatly appreciate it. All right, guys, welcome back. I hope you're doing well. Uh, I can't believe, I was going to say, I can't believe it's September, but it's not. It's October. Uh, Here we are. The NBA season is right around the corner. Um, I hope you guys are doing great. Ben and I are doing a fun thing today. We had a uh, very, very, very silly, epic weekend together in Philadelphia. Um, I think we've mentioned on this podcast that one of our podcast inspirations, some of our podcast heroes are these guys, Mike Levin and Spike Eskin, who have a show called The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. It's a Philadelphia Sixers NBA, uh, you know, ish podcast. Those guys are the best. Um, and they were doing a live recording of their show. Ben and I went down to see it in Philly. We had the best time. We wound up on dog beds. Here it is. We're going <laughs> to recount everything that happened on a very silly weekend in Philadelphia. Hope you enjoy the show. And here it is my conversation with the one, the only, the big dog, the reluctant friend who joined me on stage in a dog bed, Ben Croft. All right, we're back. This is on the line. Uh, on the line, we have Ben Croft from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Ben. That's right. A very special late night edition of On the Line, which of course does not matter since whenever you listen to this, it could be any time of day. BC, but uh, how are you but doing? this is we we are both reeling from a very special Friday night that we had. I yeah. came down to Philly for uh, a podcast record that we're going to talk about in greater depth. Um, but man, we had a hell of a weekend in Philly. I gotta say it was a grand old time. Uh, how you doing, man? How's, uh, life treating you since I saw you, what, on Sunday? Um, yeah, it's been, it's been about, what, 48 hours less than since, yeah. yeah. Um, in fact, this time, 48 hours ago, we were uh, on a stage. That's right. Um, (laughs) so yeah, there's a lot to, all right, uh, we're still processing this. Um, we almost recorded, uh, right after the event in question, but Mm -hmm. we were like, no, we should give ourselves some time Mm -hmm. to digest, to Mm -hmm. process, to, um, gather our thoughts and our emotions yep uh that that extra time that we gave ourselves really hasn't helped i haven't i haven't really i don't know how you feel chris but i haven't really made nope. much progress uh in this um wrapping my my head around uh process situation i've been on cloud nine uh for yeah i mean for a few days now uh people when they run into me on the street they say is something wrong with you you seem sort of <laughs> You have this glow about you. Is there something we should know? Yeah. And it's just really hard explaining, processing for people, you know, family and friends, like what exactly we went through the last weekend. Before, it's really hard. Yeah, it's really but, hard to explain everything. I feel like we should give a disclaimer at the top here. Yes. Um, we're already a few minutes in and, and yeah. not making any fucking sense whatsoever. Uh, this 
podcast to me, Chris, kind of falls in the category of like our <laughs> fantasy basketball podcast that uh-huh. we did right after we were in the finals. Yep. Um, where if anyone who's listening who doesn't understand what we're talking about should definitely just turn off right now. Yeah. Um, this, this I is, would say, we, this is we not going to categorize make... as unlistenable. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This I is mean, definitely in the in the unlistenable bucket. We have some pretty borderline unlistenable stuff, but this is very much unlistenable. Yeah. Um, so no hard feelings. <laughs> if you thought our last podcast, which was uh-huh. two hours of us uh, <laughs> rhapsodizing about the movie The Town, the Town. was unlistenable, uh, you have no fucking idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were just getting started. Uh, yeah. Ben, at the top, let me do a little housekeeping here before we get into the details of the Ricky. First, Ben. Right. We have quite a we, bit of that we, to do. We, we are uh, steadily marching towards uh, the OTL 100. Um, oh, oh, my God. I can't. One, I forgot all about that. Our Jesus. 100th episode, baby, is rapidly approaching. So this is a reminder for you, Ben, to get your affairs in order, to set aside some some extra cash. The babysitter is going to need to go overtime on, on the night of OTL 100. <laughs> it's it's going to be something special. So just a reminder for you to put it in the calendar, get ready. Um, How long are we talking here, Chris? What do you think, what, what do you think our, uh, our, our, uh, our playtime can be? Our or what do you runtime? Runtime is the word I'm looking for. Could, yeah, I would was say be. conservatively. Uh, I think a conservative like four hours. Well, I was going to suggest that you su- set aside at least half of the day. Um, okay. Yeah, sure. I would say at least set aside half of your day. That seems reasonable. Uh, so um, for pre pre prep, the recording, the post production, the, the whole thing, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It should be. It'll, it's going to be an extensive. Uh, podcast so just uh, again put it in the calendar uh, OTL 100 we are we are uh, steadily approaching that we are currently on episode 91 here um, yeah nine episodes away next also uh, once again we want to say welcome to Leatherette the English electro hip-hop production duo of Andy Harbour and Richard Roberts thank you so much to those guys for the awesome theme song you guys hear at the top and in closing um, and I think that is it for now, Ben. Let's talk. Typically, like you said, we run a, uh, a podcast about the happenings of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we'll dive uh, deeply into NBA history. Sometimes we'll do a draft. Every now and then we'll, we'll revisit a, a classic underappreciated cult film on the Rewatchables, which is a new <laughs> original spinoff podcast. That it's, we, a new, it's a brand new original spinoff podcast. Right. If you guys haven't heard of it, which we created, you probably have. We yeah. created that podcast. It's called we invented the and created and produced a podcast called the Rewatchables. Um we just released our very first episode right. uh, last uh, last episode. Um, I assume you guys have all listened to it now multiple times. It's gotten a massive response, really yeah. uh, beyond the, my wildest dreams, frankly. Right. Um, and let's just say, guys, uh, stay tuned. Um, we have some very big plans for the rewatchables. Well, that ben, well, that was not a one-off. We feedback, will be yeah. The feedback for the rewatchables has been universally. I mean, it's been universally praised. It's been overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. it's been actually very humbling. We want to thank everybody for yeah. all the incredible feedback. On Extremely the humbling. And um, uh, spoiler alert: there will be more episodes of the rewatchables coming up. Oh yes. So uh, yeah, we have very tuned. very grand, very ambitious. That's right. uh, aggr- aggressive, even uh, plans for uh, the Rewatchables right. spinoff podcast coming to you 
only from On The Line. That's right. So, Ben, uh, like I said, typically we are an MBA podcast, and sometimes we talk about classic cult films. Mm -hmm. But today, today we have something of a different kind of a discussion. Um, We need to revisit the events of Friday, September 27th (laughs) at Franklin Music Hall. 927, never forget. Philadelphia, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, with our friends Spike Eskin and Michael Levin of the Rights yep. to Ricky Sanchez podcast. Our brand new best friends. Who um, uh, were hosting the fourth annual Live Ricky. So for right. those in the audience who maybe aren't familiar, simply Live Ricky is a live podcast record that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rights to Ricky Sanchez is a Philadelphia 76ers-ish uh, um, correction, Chris. Podcast? It's actually it's the only Seventy Sixers oh, podcast. Yeah, it it's is the, the one only, and only. It's the only podcast on the internet about yep. the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. Yeah, hosted I will say by Spike Guskin and Mike Levin. They, it's, they, they've been they doing will, it. They will also dabble in other uh, elements of the NBA, but it's always Sixers centric. It's always about right. It's based in Philadelphia through the lens through the lens of Philadelphia and the Sixers. It was yeah. It was began uh, about six years ago, I believe, in the uh, in the cauldron of like the the early and uh, and and most kind of. uh, lean process years of the 76ers yes. history with Sam Hinkie. Um, and yeah. we should say, Ben, that we, you know, obviously you have since relocated to Philadelphia. Yes, I am now um, in a, a, a Philadelphia. A year ago, but we discovered this podcast actually before Philly was ever on the radar for That's you. That's right. So, yeah. um, and, and, and uh, you know, we're both Knicks fans, I, we will say, uh, we give this podcast our strongest endorsement. I I would say this is just about our favorite podcast. This podcast Um, has, has quickly become, um, a favorite and inspiration, uh, to us as, uh, as it's something, it's a, it's a podcast that we aspire to. It's one that we follow closely. In all seriousness, Spike Eskin, Mike Levin, yeah. uh, all the people behind the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, these guys are really, really doing it. So if you're listening to our show and you're curious and, and you're lo- looking for something else to listen to, NBA-related, those guys are the best. Find their podcast. It's called The, right to, the Rights to Ricky Sanchez. Subscribe and listen and all those things. Yeah. Anyways. I almost feel, I almost feel um, there's like a, 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 a like almost like a... Um, a sensation of like guilt that I feel that I haven't been listening to their podcast since the very beginning. Cause like I said, it's been going for six years now. That's true. Um, it started back when I, um, was in my, um, anyone who's, who's familiar with my personal NBA history would know I had kind of a dark phase where I wasn't really following the sport. Um, so, you know, I have an excuse. I wasn't really consuming any NBA content back then. But um, I do you remember, Chris, like when you personally discovered their podcast? Because I remember it specifically. Yeah, I mean, I remember it was um, Colangelo. Yeah, it was uh, Burnergate. Exactly. Yeah, it was it, thank, thanks to Ben Dietrich, um, yeah. who himself has uh, a podcast that we love called Cookies. Um, That's right. It was because of his article about uh, the Brian Colangelo Burnergate saga yeah. that I was like, I need, I need to find some content about this, and I just started searching yeah. around for Sixers content and found these guys I, very quickly. I will also say on that note, I feel like our podcast about Burnergate was 
kind of a tipping point for you and I. I it was. I, I, it was sort of formative, wasn't it? Yeah, I kind of regard that episode about that we did about Burner Gate as like one of my favorite podcasts that we've ever done. On yeah, yeah. And when it, we when that, we tr- we draft that, did we did we even do a draft or did we just no, name off our draft. top ten? It was yeah, we draft. just named. We, we went back we and forth. T- we just talked about our favorite tweets. Yeah. And that podcast pretty much crystallized was like, oh, yeah. This is who I want to be talking to about the NBA. Right. It was, it was a moment. Talking about. Yeah. 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 I agree. So the rights to Ricky Sanchez for the two of us and for really for On the Line was like a very much like a formative, inspirational thing. Anyway. Absolutely. They do this thing called the Live Ricky every year, which is uh, kind of this like, I don't even know what, like town hall kind of like pep rally kind of thing. Pep rally, variety show, uh, you know, series of interviews. Um, In in the past, uh, they've had Sixers legends like TJ McConnell and Elton Brand on. Yeah, Uh, it's just just wild. I mean, it's it's basically Comic-Con for the Sixers. It's kind of insane. You walk into a space, which I'd never been to before um, since I'm new to the city, but I walked into the space, which is normally a venue for very famous and popular uh, musical acts, bands, and it's filled to capacity. And you're like, who are all these people? This is for like a very like nerdy, pretty niche. I mean, now they've like obviously like kind of blown up and, uh, and are a very popular, successful podcast, but like... It's a podcast. It's not a, a fucking rock show. And yet it, they filled the, the building with, with fans and listeners and, uh, you know, weirdos and maniacs like themselves um, and like us, <laughs> apparently. And uh, it, it was magical. It was awesome. It was like such, a, such an atmosphere and experience. Yeah, man. It was, um, a, it was an incredible thing. And uh, so this happens every year. And it just grows and grows and gets more wild every year. And uh, the, uh, typically every year, the guys induct a player and or uh, a, a moment into, into the, what they call the Process Hall of Fame. Well, it's three, there's three categories. There's a, a podcast uh, thing, uh, since they are very self-absorbed and self-centered, as well they should be. <laughs> Um, a Sixers player and a, or a, rather, a, I guess a process, you know, player, and then a process moment, which right. means a thing related to the process in some way, which is a very loose definition, which allows them a lot of like kind of leeway in, in, uh, in picking candidates. And then there's a voting process, which they, um, you know, right. open up to the fans uh, and the listeners. Um, and every year they induct one member into each of those three categories. And additionally, there's always a few guests that come by, some mm-hmm. of them are surprises, some mm-hmm. of them are announced. There are additional surprises that are part of the evening. Well, Ben... Mm-hmm. Special giveaways. Little, special, yeah. little did we know that we would be a part of one of those we, surprises. We would be a recipient of, on, <laughs> of, uh, of one of those. On Friday night. Indeed. Um, <clears throat> so... I guess let's just hop into the specifics of that surprise. Um, yeah. Again, if anyone uh, doesn't know about this podcast, uh, is confused or bored by what you've heard so far, I absolutely encourage you to stop, uh, push pause, <laughs> try a different podcast, sure. go do something else with your life. Sure. Uh, this should not... I mean, I was telling the story to my wife. Frankly, you can listen to this entire podcast Eve, oh yeah go ahead and listen about, yeah it's a, it's a full episode 
if you're if you're uninterested in the commentary about this night, just listen to the <laughs> night itself recorded live yeah. on the podcast feed of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, mm-hmm. which is the only Philadelphia 76ers podcast on the internet. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the episode that came out after the evening of Friday, September 27th. Yeah, I believe um, they actually released it uh, early the morning of the 28th. Yeah. A, qu- okay. a quick turnaround on that, by sure, the way. Sure, sure. Yeah. So, anyway. ben, ben, the evening opens with who else but the Paul Green Rock Academy. That's right. There's a live band on stage as part of this kind of crazy, you know, Sixers variety show. And let's um, say, Ben, the, 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 the kids from the Paul Green Rock Academy were oh. absolutely spectacular. Fucking outstanding work by them. Um, I want to say, what was the name of the young lady? Eliza. um, Yeah, a a young woman named Eliza Hardy Jones uh, sang a stirring, stirring emotional rendition of uh, Imagine the Process. Uh, No, was it Imagine the Process or Imagine There's No Process? I think it was just, basically it was a a version of John Lennon's Imagine. It's a version of Imagine. (laughs) Yeah, set set to, you know, process and process stories. Um, And it was beautiful. It was gorgeous. I mean, it was legitimately like she was, she killed it. She was like a fucking awesome singer. Um, The kids were great. It was very punk rock. It was like everything you would want from like a, you know, young, scrappy, awesome, like, doesn't give a fuck rock band. Um, they were, they like set the tone for the whole evening. Um, then our, our co-hosts Spike and Mike came out um, and uh, kind of began the show and they made an announcement very early on. And now I guess we should talk a little bit at this point, Chris, about the fact that the rights to Ricky Sanchez um, has a sort of a, a group of sponsors that they hold very very near and dear to yeah. their hearts. It's not just like your, you know, your hymns, no. your your seat geeks, no. uh, you know. They're not going for the obvious ones. Um, they hand select their sponsors uh, from local Philadelphia or Philadelphia area businesses. And one of those sponsors that they really care passionately about is a dog bed company. Is that right, Chris? That's right. So... We are talking about, of course, the one, the only, Big Barker dog beds. These are real beds made for big dogs. They uh, come... Well, they're really made for all dogs, if I'm not mistaken. Of course. But they come in all shapes and sizes, Ben. They come... There's the Big Barker 7-inch. There's the Sleek Edition. There's the Big Barker Junior, which is the 4-inch foam. Um, there's the orthopedic crate pad. There's the backseat barker. Wow. I mean, yeah. I don't think I realized they had that. Actually, that it's extensive. That ben, it's depth extensive. and and breadth of variety in yeah. their in their in their uh, uh, offerings. That's really so. Um, the uh, the surprise on on Friday night was that two lucky um, two lucky attendees to live Ricky would be brought up on stage. And they would watch the show from Big Barker 7-inch dog beds. These are beds made for big dogs, dogs from 50 to 250 pounds in weight. And they would be uh, watching the... They'd be watching the live podcast record from dog beds. Two human yeah. beings. Yeah. Dog, two dog beds were placed on stage. And now, we should be clear, This these weren't like 
pre-used or like you know cut like old dirty covered in hair these are like brand new beautiful plush i believe it was like some sort of a um like a velour type fabric on yes. if uh, right on these yeah. velvet on these on these dog beds um uh so these they were set up on stage um and the kind of uh gimmick if you will was that um two two lucky people from the audience would get the chance to sit on these dog beds and uh, and watch the show from uh side by side next to our, our our hosts and our guests on stage here's the thing ben i'm you know when when, when you visit the big barker um website which is bigbarker.com uh, they talk extensively about how there is a joint crisis among dogs. You know, yeah. it's, it's agreed among vets. Joints are a serious issue for big dogs. Young and old, Dr. Kim Bowers says, most people think their dogs are just slowing down as they age, but in most cases, the dog is only slowing down because movement causes pain and discomfort, and they need to rest on a proper bed. And, Here's the thing. I, yep. I I mean, I grew up with dogs, Chris. Sure. I remember when you know when my dogs got old. I had I had two black labs when right. I was like a, a kid, and they would get old. And the first thing usually that would be like really clear was that they would have trouble going up and down stairs. Oh, right. The worst. The hips. The hips would give out. The knees would give out. And it was like, oh, okay. I guess that's just what happens. Dogs get old, and their hips and their legs start to fail them. Yeah. Um. And you're like, I guess that's just natural. But you know, it's not necessarily it natural have to because, be that way. yeah, you know what? If human beings just slept every night on like uh, a pile of like towels on a floor or like a pillow That's on right. a floor, what do you think would happen to us? It'd be painful. Yeah, it would suck. It'd be very painful. You'd wake up <laughs> every morning with cranky hips. You'd wake up every morning with sore knees and a sore back. And guess what? A dog will too. Mm-hmm. If, if a dog doesn't sleep on a proper bed, they're in all likelihood uh, going to wake up with joint conditions and arthritis or hip dysplasia, right? Like they're going to have problems. It's not rocket science, folks. Yeah, so, it's pretty obvious actually when you think about it. Yes. So let us say right now, if you have a dog, if you're on the fence, go out and get that dog a dog bed get them a dog bed made by big barker you can visit their website bigbarker.com mm-hmm. review their their vast inventory of different dog beds they come in many different shapes and sizes and we're talking like like deluxe like limousine level dog yes. beds here these are like engineered by like scientists with like Jeez. memory foam right it, Jeez, is that man, right it's, it's almost like uh we have some sort of experience <laughs> it's almost like we can speak personally to the level of comfort i mean you might be asking beds. yourself at this point why the fuck are these two bozos going on for you know 15 minutes about a couple of dog beds uh here's why so at the, at the live, Ricky, Spike Eskin began by saying... So I, I didn't want to put a big Barker thing anywhere because I, I figured after last year you would know it. So here's the thing. There is one seat in this place where on the front left leg, uh, near the middle of your chair, there is some duct tape and a plastic bottle cap. If that is there, you and one other person can come sit on stage. Who's got it? Who's got it? Now, we're talking about a venue that holds, what, maybe 300 people? 
four hundred? What? How do? Uh, what I, do you? I would go north. I would say at yeah? least five hundred people there because there were people in the balcony too. There's balconies all the way back. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is yeah. Rem, re, to remind our listeners. This is a rock and roll venue. This That's is right. a a big stage, a big venue. Um, uh, I'll be honest, Chris. When he said that, I didn't even bother to look down at my chair. I was like. <laughs> Why would I? Why would I waste my time bending over yeah. in the dark, getting my phone out, turning my flashlight on? You know, a lot of people were like bending, like putting the flashlight on. I was like, uh, "Hey, yeah, sucker! I, uh, I, guess what? It's not going to be you. It's not your lucky uh, night." Yeah, I, I sat there with my arms crossed, and I was like, Man, uh, "I got to say, I saw those dog beds up on the stage, and I said to you as we leaned over to check uh, the legs of our chairs, I was like, "Man, what a dream it would be.'" See, there's the difference between you and me, Chris. Yeah. That that idealism in you. Yeah, I wanted I wanted a crack. I wanted a crack at uh at that dog bed. I wanted a crack at the moment. Yeah. And so and, I, le- and I, I I leaned down, I felt the leg of my chair, I felt all all around. I, I just didn't I, there was nothing there. No, know? of course not. What we're talking one in five hundred odds here. Yeah, it just wasn't gonna be our night. And what yeah. do you know, Ben? There was a gentleman seated next to us who must have overheard me say that to you, who looked at me and I saw the bottle cap in his hands and the man was so shy and so petrified of the moment, yeah. he handed it to me and knew yeah. that it would mean something to me. And meanwhile, All right, now, <laughs> yep. whoever that guy is, uh, the odds of him listening to this right now are infinitesimally slimmer than the odds of that bottle cap being on one of our chairs. That's right. But my God, if I could somehow, like, you know, I don't know if like Craigslist, uh, what was it, like Misconnections or whatever, if yeah. that still exists, if we could somehow track that guy down. He was sitting by himself because we were almost at the end of That's the right. row, but there's one chair to the left of us. So this guy was was flying solo, um, which is totally there. understandable because, I mean, there were, there like, if you, if... I, if you hadn't been my... Uh, there were a lot of solo dogs there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you hadn't been my guest at this show, Chris, there's no other person probably that I know in my life that I could have convinced to come to this fucking show with me. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is a live recording of a like a niche 76ers like weirdo basketball podcast. Um, Where they induct someone into a hall yeah, of yeah, fame yeah. of sorts. To even try to explain to a normal person what the, this undertaking was all about, like it would it just wouldn't have uh, happened. So anyway, uh, this guy was by himself. So when he reached down and had the bottle cap in his hand, suddenly, uh, you know, a, a spirit of of um, magnanimity just took took over him, and he looked at uh, at you. He didn't look at me. He looked at you, and he handed it to you. That's right. And at this point, Spike and Mike were up on the stage, and they were growing a little impatient. They said. Is anyone yeah, out this was there? a There's a lot of digging. Some duct tape. There's rummaging. On the left thing, I hear a lot of commotion. Just on the left thing, some tape. Who's got it? It's legitimately, it was definitely... This couldn't be going better. Yeah. Exactly how... I mean, how right on the left we, thing. A very drawn-out process. Does anyone out there have that pot? Does anyone out there have that bottle cap? Yeah. And I raised my paw in the air. Hey, we got somebody! And I walked towards the stage, and I knew (laughs) this was the moment that I was made for. This is, I was ready for this moment. Yeah. And lo and behold, what did Spike Eskin say? But 
You can, do you want to bring anybody? Do you want to, you can bring one person. And Ben, I looked at you and I said, come on, man, like, this is it. This is, this is, this is that moment. You know, this well, is so, that moment in the film. This is that moment in the town. This is that moment in Armageddon <laughs> when I need, I need my wingman. I need my Jeremy Renner. <laughs> And yeah, this was that moment where you were like, hey, I'm going to go. We have to go fuck some people up. That's right. You can't ask any questions <laughs> about it. Ask questions about yeah, it. Yeah, never, never ask me about it ever. We're going to fuck some dudes up. Bring a sledgehammer and yeah. just we'll take it from there. Yeah. And, do you think you're better than me? And um, and at and first, I, and to your yeah. and 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 to your credit, man, you being <laughs> you, you like waved me off. You're like, no, this is not me. This is not what I want. I'm not sure this is. Well, my natural instinct in any sort of situation yeah. like this is to just to be like, I, no, no, this is insane. Yes. Like I, I'm the kind of guy who does not volunteer at like a fucking magic show exactly. at a at a comedy club. I do I not sit be, in the front row. Saw me in half. I, I don't want to be care. part. I want to be an observer. Yeah. That's no. why I enjoy watching movies and That's TV shows I, on my I couch. Bought, I bought a ticket to this event to just mm-hmm. watch it, not to be a part of it. I, I wasn't yeah. looking to be part of the show, yeah, yeah, to yeah. watch the show. Um, yeah, but uh, but thanks to you, Chris, and your uh, just irrepressible spirit of, uh, you know, just do it. Uh, you were like, dude, uh, you know, you're like, if it's not you, who's it going to be? That's right. And uh, and in fact, it was actually called out on the podcast. If you listen to the podcast, right. uh, there I was referred to as the reluctant friend. <laughs> Who wants? He's the friend doesn't seem to want to come, but he's coming anyway. Oh, come on, get out of here! And Just of course, right. the reluctant friend, true to form, you has a man bun. It. Go over there. Go over there. This way. This way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is accurate because I definitely was. But then, quickly enough, thanks to you, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Uh, let's right. do this. That's right. Um, so we marched up on stage to the uh, applause uh, uh, from from the crowd. Um, and, you know, like, it took me a second to kind of, like, realize what was happening. And then I realized what was happening. And I started, like, pumping my fist in the air a little bit yep. and kind of being like... Okay, yeah, yeah, this is happening. We can do this. Um, yeah, and then, I don't know, I kind of blacked out then, I think, for the next, like, 20 or 30 seconds. Do you well, remember ba- what happened after yeah, that? Yeah, basically, I'll walk you through it. We walked on stage. We met our dear good friends, Spike Eskin and Mike Levin, mm-hmm. and they showed us to our beds. They said, uh, these are your beds now. <laughs> They showed us to our beds. They showed us to our beds. They tucked us in. They said, lie down, get comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Make yourself absolutely comfortable. I will say that, uh, in particular, Spike's bedside manner was really uh, <laughs> t- really top-notch. He, you could tell he was very concerned. He was looking back. He was checking on us. He asked how yes. we were doing, how we felt, yeah. um, which I really appreciated. Yeah. Thank you, Spike. Thank um, you, Spike. I mean, and Mike as well. They were both very uh, you know, welcoming and friendly, shook our hands, asked our names. Yep. Um, I believe that Mike uh, called out my man bun, That's right. um, which is appropriate. That's um, right. That's right. And... That's right. Then, uh, then yeah, we took our seats um, on a couple of uh, the of the the big barkers' uh, largest uh, top top size, um, 
And uh, really, it felt like I was sitting on uh, like a Care Bear cloud. I, yeah. I felt like I was a Care Bear sitting on a cloud. So, Ben, let's talk dimensions. These are beds that are 60 inches long. They're mm-hmm. 48 inches wide. And they mm-hmm. are seven inches deep of incredible... Are you med- telling me it's only seven? I could have I sworn it was at least 30, 40 inches. I, I mean... <laughs> I sat down. I'm a you know I'm a 150 pound man. I'm not I'm not a large guy, but I'm a you know a fully grown boy, and I sat on that bed and I did not. My ass never came close to touching the ground. Absolutely not. And these are memory foam uh, mattresses. They mold to the shape of your body, and let me tell you, they really took care of our bodies. Our mm-hmm. our limbs were rested. Our joints felt supported and comforted. And uh, it, this was a this was a two and a half hour long <laughs> show. That's right. Uh, something in that ballpark. I don't remember exactly, but it was a. It took me. We're a not moment. talking about in and out. It took me a moment, but but I kind of quickly realized I wasn't just on a seat. I was on a bed. Yeah. And when you're on a bed, folks, what you want to do is lie down. Mm-hmm. So recline. That's what I did, and fortunately, mm-hmm. the the uh, the Barker the big Barker bed comes with a built-in pillow of sorts at the top. <laughs> this at is the critical. Top of the bed. Yeah. So this is a, you, a crucial crucial feature when here. When you recline, <laughs> whether you're a dog or a human, your head, yeah. your snout, it will be supported. You will mm-hmm. have a pillow to rest your sizable head, your sizable snout, whatever it is on a pillow and you can stretch out and watch a podcast recorded and uh yeah man i would say i would say at least what do you what do you reckon 30 to 40 percent of our time on that stage i was more or less fully reclined oh yes I mean, you know, we were sitting we with will, our hands on our knees for much of it, we but get for long stretches. Sure, we'll get into the particulars of what happened next and who came out and who said mm-hmm. what. But let's be sure, very sure. clear, folks, as you're listening to this podcast. Ben and I watched that show take place from the comfort of our beds. Yeah, um, we were. Yeah, I felt like a, I felt like a baby. I felt like, honestly, I felt like my if you've ever watched, two and a half year old son who is currently sleeping upstairs in my yeah. house. As I say this, if you've um, ever watched a movie in bed, this is that. Except it wasn't a movie on a television screen. It was basically like like watching a Broadway play, but from yeah. a bed made. But of like memory like foam. ten feet from our faces. That's right. Yeah, that's right. But we were in bed. Yeah, I. Ben, exactly. It's while I I feel like while we're on the topic of sleep and comfort, we should uh-huh. talk a little bit about the importance of sleep oh. and how comfort and sleep is something that's both very important to us, something that we enjoy, whether we are watching a podcast, whether we're watching the NBA, it's important for us to feel comfortable it's important to uh, for us to feel rested mm-hmm. and sleep is something that we both value on the line is it not is that fair to say um i would agree with that chris i would say that sleep ranks up there with like water um on my top two top three list in terms of like m- most important things in my life 
Ben, I'm currently looking like water, at my, my, my dog Frank right now is sleeping on my big Barker dog bed. He's oh my god, Frank is I the most important thing in my life. Jealous of that dog. He is sound asleep on his bed. I know you said your son just went to sleep that you yep. you couldn't record until he went to sleep. So sleep is something that you and I are thinking about a lot. And Ben, that is why I am very proud to announce. Wait, what? I am very proud, Ben, to announce <laughs> our first sponsorship. No. Yes, with a certain company called Helix Sleep, Ben. Helix Sleep? Helix Sleep, Ben, has a quiz that's going to take you just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to find the perfect mattress that's going to fit Fit you and your whole family, Ben. Um, Helix Sleep is a is a company, the first company that On the Line Podcast is very proud to be in business and in partnership with. Whether you're a side sleeper, whether you're a hot sleeper, whether you like a a plush or a firm bed, Ben Helix Sleep says there's no more confusion, there's no more compromising. Uh, we are asking all of our listeners. If you're in the market for a new mattress, please go to helixsleep.com slash on the line. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They'll, they'll match you up. They'll set you up with a great customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. And Ben, we both know how important sleep is for all the people in our lives and our listening audience. Uh, can we just like slow down and, and rewind one second here? <laughs> sure, man. We're we're talking about uh, we're talking about our very first sponsor um, That's right. uh, on the line, um, and we're talking about that sponsor, which is a a mattress company. If I'm not That's mistaken, right. Helix Sleep is a mattress company, and we're talking about our first our very first uh, ad read for our very first sponsor. Mm-hmm. On an episode of our podcast, the 91st yep. episode of our podcast, right. which happens to be about us going on stage at a live recording of another podcast and sitting slash sleeping, reclining on mattresses. Yep. I mean, uh, every now and then the universe just kind of falls into place. Um, you know what I'm, you know what I mean? Like, uh, are you with me on this one where, what are yeah. the... What, what, like, I can barely, my mind is reeling. We're talking about sleep. We're talking about mattresses. We're talking about dog mattresses, and we're talking about human mattresses. And it's all converging at the exact same time at this very moment. And frankly, I think I just kind of need a minute to Well, to Ben, myself, why you take a this minute? Is, this is, why, this why is huge. Why you take a minute? I have something for you that I want you to, oh, yeah? pro- that I want you to process. Mm. And that's Helix right now is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for listeners of On The Line podcast who go to helixsleep.com slash on the line. That's helixsleep.com slash on the line for up to $200 off on your mattress order. Again, we are talking about being uh, uh, restful, being good towards our, our joints, whether you're a human, whether you're a dog, uh, helixsleep.com slash on the line for up to $200 off on your mattress order. Do it. 
Check it out. So just to reiterate here, the name of this podcast is included in the website URL of a different company that actually right. exists on the internet. Um, that's right. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Ben, I think uh, this is a significant moment for the pod. I mean, this is this is this is this feels a little bit like um like that like that scene in, in Jerry Maguire, frankly. Sure. Uh sure. when when Jerry says, you know, our our little company uh had a very big night tonight. Um I mean, <laughs> not not to brag, um but Well, here we are, Ben. Here yeah, this, we are. We we started from I don't know what we started from. Basically, doing the exact same thing that we're doing right now. That's um, right. But, but now the fact there are is that now, <laughs> yeah, now there are a lot more mattresses in our life. Um, but ben, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. I wouldn't have it we, any other way. Like this we, is actually something that I that I I can get behind so mm-hmm. fully, wholeheartedly, enthusiastically. Man, we um, pride ourselves on comfort. We pride yeah. ourselves on resting our joints. And also, we have famously said that we would not accept corporate dollars, corporate influence at online. Mm-hmm. And here's that's the thing. true. We've been on the nothing, record about that. Nothing about that has changed because oh, that's reassuring. The, here's the thing, Ben. Helix Sleep is a ethical company. We oh. would never accept. We would never accept the business of an unethical company. Do and they like? pollute the planet at all these are the best best mattresses do they do they like exploit workers they do not exploit workers they are a good mattress company they only produce the best mattresses the most the most comfortable mattresses again whether you're a dog whether you're a human whether you're an old man or a young baby we want you to go to helixsleep.com slash on the line for up to $200 off on your mattress order. Ben, let's talk some more now about the rights to reconsent. <laughs> let's get back to what we were talking library. about previously, which yeah. is a slightly different type of mattress mm. uh, that we were sitting on on stage That's right. at uh, the live recording of the Right to Ricky Sanchez podcast. Um, so, so who was the first guest that we uh, were feet from uh, when they came out on stage? Remind so me. So we, we move up onto the stage. We take yeah. our place in our beds. We rest our joints. We put our feet up. We're having a grand old time. I'm feeling like the my my the years of my life are actually cycling in reverse. Like like time is sure. actually being taken off the of bell, my. We are the bell of the ball. All yeah. of a sudden, we realize this night, this moment, it was all meant for us. Mm. I believe the first significant thing that happened after we took the stage was remind me if I'm correct, but I believe Spike read his poem about Jimmy Butler. Oh, the right? Jimmy Butler poem. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we yeah. So we take the stage and Spike comes to the podium and what does he do? But he reads this beautiful, very personal poem about mm. the betrayal he felt from one Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. Um just an incredible moment, man. Like a, a an incredible personal work of art. 
Yeah, it was it was a very uh, vulnerable moment for Spike um, that we all kind of shared with him. Um, he kind of opened up and showed us a part of him, and we responded by showing us all. I think all of us showed us uh, showed him a, a part of ourselves, um, and we kind of shared in uh, in this in this beautiful um, kind of camaraderie of hating Jimmy Butler, who is in fact a big man-sized baby so Um, yeah let's let's elaborate on that a little bit why do we why is there such animus towards jimmy butler among philadelphia 76ers fans well i mean mostly he's just like a prick and he's very good at basketball but he just never really felt like you know uh you know like uh let's have the real what what you would call one of us is there uh is there like an authenticity problem with Jimmy Butler? Yeah, I think that that starts to scratch at it for sure. Uh, I think that there's a bit of a like he's got he's always got an agenda yeah. that is a like, little aren't bit we very aware more calculated. Point, aren't we very aware at this point that Jimmy Butler really likes country music and he drives a Ye- minivan? Yeah, the country and music of the minivan. It's like we uh, get it. He's man. laying it on a little bit heavy. We we um, get it. Like you're from uh, was it Tur- Turnbull, uh, Texas? And, sure, he's yeah. a just country boy, country just boy. you know made, ma- made good. He right. just you know fell in love with the game mm-hmm. and decided to work mm-hmm. really really hard one summer and just became really good um inspirational story uh you know i never hated jimmy butler i don't i wouldn't even say i hate him now um no i think it's it's fun to have your you know your heels um to to root against he definitely like i would say he he lost me and you both big time with the whole uh, Minnesota practice slash ESPN Rachel Nichols interview, yeah, uh, timed up perfectly to coincide, uh, and it was just like, uh, and then like I think the thing also that maybe um, kind of uh, uh, riles up Spike the most is how he just talks ceaselessly about his passion for winning and how he just wants to win more than anything else. (laughs) Uh, Meanwhile, he decided, uh, you know, completely voluntarily to change teams from the favorite to win the Eastern Conference, um, the Philadelphia 76ers, to the Miami Heat, who are probably not going to win the Eastern Conference uh, this next season, I would say. Sure. No, yeah. Um, yeah, he's a curious guy. He's a curious mm-hmm. guy, Jimmy Butler. Anyways, Spike's poem, very moving. From yeah, there, beautiful. We move on to, I believe, the Process Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, some induction speeches followed, yeah. Some induction speeches. Did we start with Burnergate or with... I think Burnergate was the first okay. one, yeah. Mike Mike came up and did Burnergate. So um, Mike came up, talked about Burnergate, just, Which was really, really fucking fabulous. It was like incredible, and his speech was exceptional. Mike, Mike Levin, who is a TV writer based in Los Angeles, and is just so smart and like witty. Like that guy, he's just really. I I just think he's a really talented, funny guy. And yeah. his speech was great, talking about Burner Gate and and the absolutely incredibly privileged Brian Colangelo and how this was a man that literally just like set his career on fire for no particular reason. Uh, I mean, a good a series oh, of tweets. 
Yeah, I mean, over a year now has passed since Burnergate, since that story broke. And I feel like, you know, as with everything, with time, it kind of fades from memory. If you've, like, forgotten, though, about just how fucking insane and ridiculous that story was, do yourself a favor and re-listen to, or listen to the, the Red Story Sanchez live episode where Mike uh, goes back and kind of relives that's that uh, yeah. whole saga because I will say like, our, there were things that our episode obviously we're, we're like obsessed with this shit but even I had forgotten some of the details yeah. and it's just like it's so stupid and funny our and episode on the line that we did about Bernagate was uh, pretty great too I will say uh, oh sure you can definitely you know listen to that again too if you want that is episode number let me find it I'm gonna yeah episode fifteen, fifteen holy, 15. holy, holy shit. shit man wow that felt like we were I felt like that was like my f- like tenth time on the I know pod that I was that's say, wild I would, I would venture to guess it was probably yeah like your fifth or like my sixth th- time yeah maybe pod. even like third or fourth I don't yeah, know but man how far we've come episode fifteen 15. so wow. episode fifteen if you want to. If you are curious <laughs> what Ben and I were thinking uh, about Burner Gate, uh, uh, that is so episode 15, Not a Normal Caller, a Brian Colangelo <laughs> Burner Gate retrospective. Uh, go find it. It's uh, yeah. it's still pretty funny. Mike, Mike read his induction speech, by the way, in a, uh, a special collar that he uh, attached right. to his neck, um, right. which was hilarious. A nice Man, touch how there. how far we've come. Yeah, it's, really. It's, it's hard to imagine something like that happening again for a GM, and yet, like, it definitely had to happen to someone. Like, that was going to happen to someone, and <laughs> Brian Colangelo was the guy. Uh, yeah. Unbelievable. From there, we moved on to uh, to retweet Armageddon. Mm-hmm. Ike, Ike, Ike Reese. Ike Reese came out, uh, former pro bowler for the Philadelphia Eagles. Ike Reese and Joe Giglio come out for uh, to, to, to relitigate and re-remember Retweet Armageddon, mm-hmm. which was, help me if I remember this correctly, Ben. So this was when <laughs> Spike's dad, Howard Eskin, who was a famous WIP uh, personality in the Philadelphia sports radio scene. Yeah, longtime Sixers reporter, Basically beat reporter, I think. has kind of like and... poo-pooed all things hinky, Sam Hinky, and process related yeah. and kind of said... He's that, like, like kind of like the, the, the quintessential boomer, like pretty much. Like he's a quintessential like he... boomer, <laughs> hater of the process. <laughs> Hates the process, doesn't think that tanking is a valid, uh, you know, way to compete. Right. Um, you know, was basically against the whole thing from the beginning. And basically said that Dario Saric would never come over from Europe. It, the whole thing was a sham. It was never going to work out. And Joel Embiid kind of <laughs> trolled him. Mm. And from there started a retweet Armageddon that exploded. Well, I don't know if, if Embiid started it. I think it was it was a planned thing. I think it was actually kind of orchestrated by the, uh, the, the, the Ricky guys. guys. Okay. Um, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was like um, spurred by the trade to get the number one pick and the drafting of Markel Fultz. I think it was when Fultz was drafted um, that that retweet Armageddon happened, which okay. is basically just a, a day. I'm, 
I'm not 100% sure. So, um, but I, I think that's that was it. And it was just a day where every, all the process fans retweeted bad takes from process haters over the past few gotcha, years. Gotcha, 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 yeah. Okay, and I think which Howard's... ended up of, snowballing into the, the culmination, which was fucking Joel Embiid <laughs> retweeting, yeah. like actually participating in this stupid Twitter thing that these idiots, like, you know, cooked up. Um, and Joel Embiid actually, like, caught wind of it and and joined in by retweeting Howard's dad or sorry Spike's dad Howard Eskin that's right uh which is just incredible and yeah yeah um so, so that was the that was the Ricky moment that was the in, of the three categories that we mentioned before that's I right believe, right yep that's right and then uh the <laughs> uh the guys inducted the player they inducted was TJ McConnell who has sort yeah. of embodied all things process ben and i have waxed poetic uh over the last you know year or so about tj this is a guy we love so much um you know he's just one of my favorite players in the nba frankly because like he reminds me of how i play when i play pickup basketball (laughs) which is like i'm kind of like a talentless guy but at the very least i can play with a lot of energy right and um and yeah, I mean, like TJ was like all things process. Um, Spikes- there are certain players that yeah. are like the most of that type of player you can possibly be. Yeah. Um, I feel like in baseball, I'm not a big baseball fan, but I, but I, uh, I, I'm familiar with like the name. Um, um, oh fuck, what what's his actual name? Um, uh, Eckstein. David Eckstein. Oh, yeah, of course that. Yeah, yeah, Eckstein. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, So TJ McConnell reminds me a little bit of, like, uh, TJ Eckstein from baseball, where he's just, like, the most... um, He's, like, the the shortest, whitest, scrappiest, even though there are probably shorter players. He's, like, what is he doing here exactly? All I know is he's, like, insanely... He's like insanely passionate. He's insanely mm-hmm. hardworking. Son of a coach. It's the it's the it's the Rudy model yeah. where like he has no business making the team, but he goddamn it, he just gutted it out and gritted it out, and yeah. and yeah, but and everyone loves him for Spike it. Spike made but, this really good point where like he was saying that like T.J. McConnell and Joella Embiid very much uh, embody the process, and, mm-hmm. and they couldn't be more polar opposites, and yet. They right. share so much in common, and they're basic. And what the thing that they have most in common is their like kind of unlikelihood. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Joel Embiid is this massive guy that just started playing basketball when he was like 16 years old. Like came over from Cameroon. You know he's been injured, has come, overcome all these like devastating injuries. His draft stock. You know he's supposed to be the number one overall pick. Then it fell to him. You know it fell because he got hurt. And conversely, T.J. McConnell was this guy that was undrafted and really shouldn't have been on a team to begin with. And only because the Sixers were going through this thing called the process that they they ever gave him a shot, and that's why he has an NBA career. And he's such a beloved figure. I feel like in the Sixers community, it was really um, apropos that he was inducted into the process hall of fame on friday night yeah there's a reason why he was so this was even though this was the fourth live show the podcast had done it was the second year i believe of 
the process hall of fame. So this was like the second class. Um, I think, uh, in the very first inaugural year, Joel Embiid was the, uh, the player inducted, um, and TJ gets the, the second, uh, he's the second class right. uh, of process hall of famers. And yeah. then, um, all right. So that, that, that's the TJ induction. And then last <laughs> we should talk about Ben. Surprise. Well, not last. What are you talking about? There's like so much more. Well, well, <laughs> the 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 in terms of uh, process Hall of Fame inductees, the last one in that lineup. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Was the surprise appearance? Of, oh, right, right. right. Uh, sorry, sorry. You mean the last of the inductees? Yes, yes. the surprise appearance of Brett Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, Brett Brown. Wow. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Ladies and gentlemen, the head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, Brett Brown. Now, now you can see why TJ was the way he was. Yeah. See that? Yeah, that is 76ers head coach, Brett Brown. And so... And this was in case there was any confusion, like uh, this sounds like I mean, we've been going on now for over almost an hour of this like incredibly dumb, nerdy thing that these like a bunch of like nerdy dudes got together to do. But this thing is big enough where the fucking head coach of the 76ers showed up to this show folks ben and i are lying (laughs) on stage we're sitting on dog beds in front of a bunch of like dumb drunk philadelphians the only way this could have gotten any better was maybe with popcorn some 3d glasses but like we are i mean i did have a i was drinking a coke i was drinking a beer i was happy as could be we are lying in beds comfortable for dogs or humans our joints are rested and out walks Brett Brown, head coach mm. of the Philadelphia 76ers. The crowd goes absolutely wild. And Brett could not, Ben, Brett could not have been funnier, more candid, oh, more awesome. He's the man. Yeah. Yeah, he was just. Like, down. if anyone has any uh, experience or familiarity with Brett Brown at all, like, you sh- you have to love him. Like, if, if you're like a human being with like a beating heart. Um, he, just hearing he the sound of his voice me, man, and like he kind of reminded me of a guy uh <laughs> this will maybe be a little obvious he kind of reminded me of a guy who had survived like four or five different bosses over the course of five yeah. or six years and he was like yeah i'm still here i'm still the manager right. of this I mean, department it's kind of crazy but i'm still here yeah i like as has been team. <laughs> yeah as has been well documented by uh, by the Red Ricky Sanchez, this guy was the coach during the process years. That's he right. was the guy who uh, yeah. who fucking helmed the ten and seventy two season, like the really dark, <laughs> the really dark stuff. He was there yeah. for it. Yeah, 
Um, and, and, you know, by all rights, like every other team organization would have been like, oh, well, yeah, when you lose that much, like, sorry, like someone has to take the blame and you got to go. But this guy, because of his just like fucking charm and charisma and like, uh, you know, skill and talent as a head coach, he came from the, the Greg Popovich tree of, yeah. uh, you know, of coaches. He was on the Spurs staff when they won their last uh, one or maybe last two championships um, with a young Kawhi Leonard. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, he's he's the man. Um, you know, whatever happens, you know, w- with the season and the rest of his, his, uh, his coaching career, um, uh, you know, you just have to root for the dude. He's just like, he's, he's genuine. He's like a, a real one, you know? Yeah, it was really cool to hear him talk, hear him joking around with the guys. And, of course, Spike and Mike hoisted a banner with his face. Yeah, a surprise in, uh, fourth induction, which is very, Incredible. very special. Yeah. Yes. They hoist a banner, a, a Hall of Fame banner uh, with Brett's face into the air. And it turns out when we walked into the event, Ben, we got these red little tickets. I wanted to reveal something uh, about tonight that no one knew. So when everybody walked in, they got a little red drink ticket and it it paid for a beer. And I wanted to let everyone know that the man that uh, bought your beer is Brett Brown. Are you saying four more beers? <laughs> when that was announced, that might have gotten the biggest applause of the entire night when it was oh, uh, like suddenly apparent to everyone that Brett Brown had bought the entire arena into, beers. In, into a chance of four more years. Four yeah. more years. To which Brett incredibly, uh, yeah. a, like, uh, fucking sharply responded, are they saying four more years or four, four more beers? beers. Yeah, uh, incredible. Genius, that guy. So good. All right, Ben, now we move on (laughs) to the guest of honor. Oh, man. So Brett was a surprise guest, but there was a a top build, uh, a pre-announced guest. This is Um, the man that we were all here for. We all signed up for this guy. This was the man that actually coined the uh, subtitle of Live Rookie 4, which is Cashed Out. Hashtag Cashed Out. Yeah. And that is who, uh, Ben? Who's that? That is Philadelphia 76ers power forward sure. slash small forward sure. slash sometimes center sure. slash whatever they need him doesn't, to be. doesn't matter. Slash Philadelphia fucking legend, Mike Scott. All right. It is the moment you have all been waiting for. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the newest fucking hero of the Philadelphia 76ers Mike Scott Ben why is this guy a legend um it's it's hard to really put a finger on I mean he's kind of like the Bill Murray of the NBA yeah, perfect perfectly where, perfectly said 
he's just he's just one of those guys who he's kind of like doesn't a, really give a shit. He's like an just kind of lives his life. Yeah. He is he is so himself. Yeah. He he just he goes out into the real world in a way that most NBA players with their like perfectly you know manicured like curated yeah, ma- brand manicured curated uh yeah. you know very calculated brand would never do but this guy just doesn't give a shit he's like he says what energetically yeah he guy. says whatever he wants whatever he wants he does whatever he wants um i mean he's a great player on the court uh um you know first and foremost he's uh, a, an absolute um Knockdown three-point shooter, uh, great defender, multi-positional defender. Uh, you know, he's he's hey, like a journeyman. He's, he's a role he's, player. He's, I mean, yeah, he's a role player for sure. He's kicked around. He's be been on the confused about it. Like he's a role yeah. player. But he had some great years with the Atlanta Hawks. Mm-hmm. He was on the Washington Wizards a couple mm-hmm. seasons ago. He joined the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Last year, I believe, uh, did he come over with uh, Tobias Harris and Boban yep. from the yep. Clippers? Yep. Yeah. Um, and so he arrived in Philadelphia only a year ago, but within that time, that very brief time, he has like He's endeared himself to the city like a in a way, um, that very, very few players ever have over the course of an entire career, frankly. And he's just like... You know, he just like shows he. You know, he's like shown up to people's weddings, like from like someone inviting him on Twitter. Um, he, somewhat famously, somewhat controversially, got into a minor scuffle at a Philadelphia Eagles game in uh, during a, a a parking lot tailgate like a couple of weeks ago. Well, that's the you know, thing nothing- about him is so Mike Scott's from Virginia, I believe. Yeah. And he is a Washington Redskins uh, supporter, fan, grew up rooting for the for for that team mm-hmm. and uh, isn't shy about it. Yeah. <laughs> and and of course, the Washington professional football team is the arch rival of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, division rival. And yeah. My, Mike Scott's not pretending otherwise. Like he's not gonna pretend like he's not a fan of that team. Yeah, and uh, the guy he was born born in Chesapeake, Virginia. Yeah. Uh, attended uh, the, the the University of Virginia Cavaliers for college, and you know, hey, that's who he roots for. Yeah. So, uh, which is just all the more awesome. Like, it's just like, of course, man. Like, that's who you are. You're you're, mm-hmm. you're no apologies, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's what we love about Mike Scott. Is like he's not he's not hiding. He's never going to be anything other than who he is. Speaking of not hiding, uh, I think it's um, um, pretty apropos to mention uh, the number of tattoos he has on his body. Let's talk um, about the tattoos. <laughs> which I don't even know what the uh, full number is. It's got to be like close to 100. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a tattoo guy. I don't know how you um, quantify, you know, a sleeve, a full neck, uh, you know, what that counts for. But anyway, he's covered in tattoos, um, uh, a large portion of which are emojis, um, which is amazing and ridiculous. What are some of your (laughs) favorite emojis that he has tattooed? I I will tell you, like, let let me start by saying on his left shoulder, we have, I would say, uh, angry man. Uh, then mm. we have sunglasses man. Uh, we have hot dog mm-hmm. on his <laughs> on his right bicep. We have uh, in uh, in love man. We have devil face. 
We have mm-hmm. Angry Devil. We mm-hmm. have Pinocchio. We have uh, towards the elbow. We have Devil Man again. Um, <laughs> he's he's just he's got a snail. I mean, yeah. I'm gonna give a shout out to uh, two in particular on his left arm. No, maybe mm-hmm. this is his right arm. Um, the ghost. I love the ghost. Oh, I love the ghost. Um, yeah. Big fan of the ghost, and I'm really big. Fan. I'm not really really sure why. It just I don't. It just kind of delights me. Is the uh, the detec- the detective with sure. the the spyglass, the, the the magnifying glass. I have uh, back left shoulder. I have. Um, Sick man, he has like the <laughs> mask, uh, the mask that you wear on the subway if you're concerned about contracting a virus. And then just a few inches below that, he's got sick man with a thermometer in his mouth. Oh, wow. Big fan of both of those. But yeah, yeah. Mike Scott, a huge tattoo guy. Mike Scott, of course, gave game four playoff tickets to a fan who got a mike scott hive tattoo on his body i mean the dude is a the dude's a legend we yeah he's an absolute legend um there was a game on uh easter sunday um during which mike scott to save uh uh, uh, an errant ball dove into the stands um which he which ball he did save and uh which resulted in a basket for his team but after he dove into the stands um, as he was kind of collecting himself, just kind of a uh, spur of the moment, took a sip of a little. A, <laughs> uh, a little a little swig, just a little nip of a nearby fan's um, cup of uh, beverage, yep. um, which he revealed on stage at our uh, at the show was just straight Jack Daniels without ice. <laughs> um, as as he explained it, he dove into the stands. He was you know. Uh, pushing himself back out onto the court to resume play. And he caught a whiff of something. And uh, and it was, uh, you know, it was an Easter Sunday uh, day game. Um, but being Easter, you know, this woman was uh, was getting pretty lit. And, uh, and he just decided he needed a little swig. Sure. <laughs> and I love, like, the thing I really love about Mike Scott is that when you look at him, you're like, okay, this guy might be kind of crazy. Um you know, just based on like sort of surface appearances. Um, but I think, and like, you know, maybe some of his, his past behavior, um, what have you, but the guy really has a sense of self-awareness. Um, I, one of my favorite moments of, of the, of his time on stage with Spike and Mike was when he kind of like, he was like, they, cause they played the, the tape of him diving into the stands and then drinking from the, um, the spectator's cup. And he was like, Man, sometimes I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, he recognizes how ridiculous he is, yeah. which I just, ah, uh, that, I love that. Yeah. I, that. That will always, like, endear me uh, and endear you to me. It's kind of, you have sho- that. Yeah, he's such an underdog in a way. It's like, yeah. it's kind of shocking that he's made it this far and you're just you're like rooting for him to keep going further. <laughs> oh yeah. You know I mean, mean, he's, he was always like kind of one of my underdog favorite, favorite guys. And then after, yeah. um, you know, watching his interview and listening to him, like he's, he's catapulted into like my top five favorite players in the league. He's, he's just the best. Yep. 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 Uh, yeah. anything more on Mike Scott, Ben, anything, uh, anything, <sighs> anything you want to touch on? I mean, the, I mean we, we were dapped up by Mike Scott. We should, we should yeah, say that. 
Yeah, we should. He, yeah, as he, since we were on stage sitting on dog beds, um, and, you know, out of respect, we rose to stand when a guest, uh, you know, arrived on stage. Um, so as he walked past us, you know, he, like, looked at us, he was like, oh, hey, what's up? And, like, gave us a little, yep. you know, a little love. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very proud and honored to say that Mike Scott is probably the, gosh, maybe, like, the third or fourth uh, actual basketball, NBA basketball player that I've, like, Inter- like physically like touched or interacted with sure. in my life <laughs> i would that's say not a weird thing to say <laughs> scott is probably the best friend that i have in the nba right now he, yeah yeah i mean i um in i got David all R- the nba contacts that we have R- i feel like right. mike scott is at, is the person that we're probably most like you know, we have like a real personal relationship. There. Yeah. Like, obviously I, we would never do this, but like if there were some sort of scenario where it was like absolutely critical for me to somehow get in touch with an NBA player, I would like Mike Scott is the first person that I would rea- reach out sure. to. Sure, Or even um, taking it like a step further. I feel like if I was free on a Friday night and like, <laughs> I was and I'm in Philly. I don't feel like it would be out of bounds to be like, "Hey, man, like, just so you know, me and some friends are at this bar. If you want to swing through, that's totally cool. We're here. Yeah, yeah. like no he, big deal. And he would pr- like he. There's like a I, there's 10, like a fifteen percent chance he would legit. Swing there's through. a fifty fifty chance Mike Scott would show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's that kind of guy. Um, yeah, no, forever respect to that guy. All right. Uh, in conclusion, Ben, anything else? Uh, well, I mean, uh, what, what what can we say in conclusion here about the uh, the live Ricky experience? I mean, we um, left with dog beds. Life changing? Oh, yeah. So that was the other thing. At the very end of the show, uh, Spike came over and he was just like, you know, you guys can take those beds if you want them. And Miney, these are like brand new, never before used Gigantic dog beds dog that beds. we... I, I didn't totally realize this, but... Um, People, uh, you know, other attendees told us as we were walking out with these beds in our arms, which, by the way, were not easy to carry out because they're like a good 40, 50 pounds yep. each. Um, but people were like, the yeah, dogs, you know those... <laughs> the beds weighed more than our dogs, to be very yeah. clear about that. Frank yeah, yeah. is a 40-pound shepherd mix, and the the bed weighs more than him. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and- yeah. yeah, people were like, you know, those are, you know, how like expensive and valuable those are. Um, and, um, and yeah, Spike was just like, yeah, you guys can take them. And they also came with um, processed pup patches, very importantly. God. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, they treated us like kings. Yeah. They really it treated was, um, us like kings. It was, it was really an experience. I never in my wildest dreams could I have imagined that this is how it would go. It's not the kind of thing that 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 really happens, you know. Yeah. To to, to, it, to someone, we'll be talking about this. We'll be remembering this night for mm-hmm. a very long time. Um, it. I'm glad we did it. I'm glad we had it. I can't wait for next for next live, Ricky. Again, thank you to that anonymous hero who was sitting just to the left of us, um, who actually reached down and touched that bottle cap for the first time. Uh, we dedicate this episode to you, um, anonymous man. Um, wherever you are, I love you. Thank you. Um, you're my hero. 
Uh, and yeah, gosh, I, I, like, do you have any plans for the, uh, for the bottle cap itself, Chris? So I'm working on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have the bottle cap here, uh, back in Queens. It mm-hmm. does need obviously to be enshrined in glass. Um, mm-hmm. it will have a prominent place in my apartment. It has a, pl- a prominent place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, it will, it will live in infamy. Like I will be telling, <laughs> you know, generations from now, I will be telling my grandkids about the bottle cap that enabled me to get on stage and sleep in a dog bed with mm-hmm. my friend Ben during a live Ricky podcast. And, uh, yeah. And by the way, in case it, uh, anyone thinks that we are, um, hallucinating right now and, uh, just making all of this up, um, you can't actually see photographic evidence of this on, uh, <laughs> on, on the right Ricky Sanchez, uh, website. Am That's I right? right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. And I, I will tweet out some photos from our, uh, Twitter account, which is on the line underscore pod, um, and just, yeah, I mean, it was a night we'll always remember, Ben, and, uh, yeah, man. Really, yeah, really magical stuff. Um, just, uh, yeah, can't, can't say enough thanks to, uh, to Spike and Mike, to yeah. Big Barker, That's to right. Brett Brown, to That's Mike right. Scott, to the Six Years Organization That's for, right. like, I mean, here's the thing, like, uh, I mean, should we touch just briefly on this actual basketball organization which is coming yeah. which is like kind of come together obviously uh since you know the process years very very quickly to be very serious contender and yet like the thing that really in, in like that I love about them is the fact that like someone from the Sixers PR department um you know probably someone very high up in the organization had to approve fucking brett brown and mike scott the active coach and player for the team yeah coming to this like you know crazy ass uh, live event and being like yeah. yeah yeah you guys can just go and do this and um it's really great and and cool of them uh yeah i mean whatever i'm always gonna be a knicks fan obviously number one in my heart but uh, as a philly, philly resident um i'm pretty i feel pretty lucky to have a team that i'm it's an to exciting root for that it, I, I think like you don't even have to be a Philly resident. You don't even have to be a Sixers fan to be excited about what's happening with the Sixers. Yeah. You know, like, I think it's great for the NBA. Um, yeah. That, like, they're a team that... They're, they're just, a team... They're just, like, such a underdog story. They're They're the most improbable possible thing. And yet here we are, you know, five, six years later... All the tanking that happened, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, it worked. It worked. <laughs> it worked. Yeah, the process uh, trusters were right. Obviously, right. we have to say that. Uh, they were right. They were right. Um, yep. the, the process worked 100%. Anyone who argues otherwise is an absolute fucking moron. Um, and well, they have it's fully just... inspired... They've ins- fully inspired uh, teams across the league to adopt their strategy. Let's face it. I yeah. mean, like, we're Knicks fans. We were rooting for the Knicks to be bad so they could get the highest possible draft pick. And, well, it's a strategy and, that's, like, kind of always existed, but yes. no one was ever, no one ever wanted to, like, actually embrace hinky, it. Hink, Everyone kind of, like, hinky, danced around it until the, the Sixers. Sixers. Hinky and the Sixers made it uh 
they made it into an art like into a science yeah and they just they they were open about it they're like this is actually what we're doing no secret Mm -hmm. about it we are trying to be bad because there's a generational talent in the draft and we're trying to acquire him yeah and And they uh, did and he's good and it worked as a knicks fan as a knicks fan let me say like i hope that R.J. Barrett is our generational talent, and I'm sure the the fans of the Pelicans are hoping Zion Williamson is is their generational talent. But like Sam Hick, Sam Hankey and the Sixers have inspired like so many teams and given so many teams hope and given so many fans hope. So um, yeah, man, I can't thank Spike Eskin, Mike Levin, and all the people at the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast enough. Um, ben, we should, uh, why, don't, why don't we call it quits here? <laughs> we should probably wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, we should wrap it up. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. As always, the NBA season is quickly approaching. I couldn't be more excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, should we announce our, our should we tease our next episode, Chris? Uh, no, not yet. We're not sh- Go ahead. Sure. I mean, all right. So, uh, you know, as, as everyone probably knows, training camp has started, um, uh, the, the NBA season is right around the corner, and on our next episode, we are going to be previewing every single, all wow. 30 NBA teams. That's right. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, it's going to be thorough. epic. It's going to be yeah, incredibly thorough, Depth. incredibly well-researched. Yep. We're gonna be. Oh, we've got we've got uh, all sorts of numbers uh, and and stats all and, the interns, and theories lined all up. All the OTL interns have been crunching numbers all day. And, yeah, uh, if you're an NBA fan and you're like, hey, I'm excited for this upcoming season, but I just don't know what to expect. Uh, you're gonna want to tune in because this episode is gonna give you everything, everything you need to know all right, about. Ben all 30 teams uh thank you very much uh this has been a lot of fun we will talk to you next week (laughs) all right guys hope you enjoyed our very silly winding long conversation about uh the rights turkey sanchez live podcast my name's Chris Wendelkin. This is On The Line. You can tweet at us at OnTheLine underscore pod. Find us on Instagram. Check out previous episodes on our website, OnTheLinePodcast.com. If you could, please uh, rate, review, subscribe to the show in Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Do it. It really helps us out a lot. Uh, have a great week off. The NBA season is right around the corner, and we will talk to you next week. <laughs>